today on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, we have your week in IndyCar guest episode number one of the week. On Wednesday, we have Kara Adams, Chief Tire Engineer from Firestone. Today, oh, this is a delightful, delightful gathering. Two of my favorite people in the paddock, that being a guy who just won his first IndyCar race, Felix Rosenquist, and also his new teammate, Marcus Erickson. How the heck are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, we're recovering from uh, from a lot of racing lately, and uh, more it's going to be this weekend. So uh, yeah, good times, man. Yeah, I agree with Felix. It's uh, it's a fun fun time now with uh, with a lot of races uh, coming up, and then uh, obviously uh, it's always nice to to wake up to a new week with uh, with a good weekend behind you. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's going good, and we were all pumped up for, for Iowa this one. going to say thank you to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets USA. Guys, before we dive into the questions here in our all-Swedish IndyCar driver episode, let's talk a little bit about the physical side coming out of a doubleheader at Road America heading into Iowa. We'll get into your, obviously, your win here Felix in a moment, Marcus, another starring drive by you. But as you guys are in the midst of a pretty short turnaround, go racing again here on Friday. How you guys feeling? The muscles mad at you? Uh, give me give me a thought on the physical toll coming out of a busy weekend in Wisconsin and heading straight to Iowa. It was pretty good to have um, Elkhart Lake uh, for, for the first doubleheader because it is not the hardest track out there for sure. You get quite a lot of rest on the straights, and the temperature there is definitely lower than the most of the other races. Uh, it, it's for sure tough, you know. I, I think especially mentally to have a double header, you know, recharging for the next day and, and doing it doing it all again. But uh, it was good. I think I, I'm personally I felt in really good shape. Um, it was kind of nice to have the lower temperature compared to Indy GP because that was a very toasty one, and that was the first road course in. Yeah, God knows how long it was. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we're all getting in the rhythm now, and that definitely helps for, for Iowa. Marcus, you've been doing crazy amounts of cardio, cycling like an animal. Have to hope and believe that all of that work you've been putting in will help when your arms try and explode over a doubleheader Friday and Saturday at Iowa here. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, I, I agree that with Felix, you know, it's, it's it's tough with the double headers, but I think we're, you know, I'm I'm certainly in a, in a very good shape at the moment because of all the training I've done. Uh, so I, I felt good like that, but but I think that the main thing, like Felix touches on, is, is the mental side of a double header. You know, you put in so much work and concentration, and 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 that is for me the toughest part of a double header compared to a normal race weekend. And and um, yeah, I think. That was the biggest thing for me. I was just mentally tired after after the weekend, and uh, at least now we get a couple of days to sort of regroup and then go at it again in Iowa. But uh, but definitely, you know, uh, the better shape you are physically, it's going to help you to be able to concentrate and, and get the most out of yourself. So I think all them hours on the bike and in the you know uh, running and lifting weights and stuff over the winter, and then this first part of, the, part of the year it definitely made made some difference because I've, I've felt really strong in the car so far this year all right let's get rolling with our listener questions guys 
Felix, you might need to explain this one. You educated me about this towards the end of your rookie season last year, and it's now one of my f- favorite words in the world. But you need to explain this to folks so they get it. But we're going to kick off here with our pal, Michael Edland, uh, who says, how much fox piss was needed prior to the race for this amazing <laughs> performance on Sunday? So so for Marcus to understand, uh, so... What he means is with fox piss is really strong Swedish coffee. We have piss. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it, it was, it's an interesting question because uh, in the first two rounds, we didn't have... So I bought a coffee machine for to have in the, in the truck and they didn't want to have it there, but obviously with the whole COVID situation because everyone would touch it and it would be a source of contamination if there was anything such as a virus in the team uh so they didn't bring it and then magically it was somehow in our driver launch so me and marcus are sharing the driver launch and dixon is on his own uh so it was there before the weekend started i was like oh yeah this is this this is definitely a deal breaker here so uh yeah a lot of coffee i think i had like six cups or something per day (laughs) to get through that double header and uh Equally amount of uh, toilet visits after that, obviously. So oh. uh, yeah, that was that must have been the the key for sure. See, I'm not I'm not believing the source of contamination thing because as you told me, that stuff is so strong, it's almost like drinking distant coffee flavored disinfectant. So maybe <laughs> actually we have the cure for COVID nineteen. Uh, brought to you by Felix Rosenquist's Fox Piss Coffee. I love it. Well, let's go to. Uh, John Eklund, nice note here, says, first time, sending in a question, been listening to the podcast. Marshall, since you did your guest appearance on the Swedish F1 podcast, and says he hasn't missed an episode yet, says, as a Swede, there were some tears in his eyes on Sunday, thanks to Felix, Marcus, and the Ganassi team. John's first question is for you, Felix. Says, how does it feel to be in that zone and chase the absolute top, knowing uh, that that pass for first place was an option he says if you just keep your head down and drive clean did you feel uh like you could do something special here going after and doing that crazy side-by-side pass with pato award for the victory so why don't you talk about that a bit felix because this wasn't like magically you found yourself in a position to win you were qualifying for the majority of the race i mean this was a an extraordinary effort inside the car yeah, it's a um, it, it's interesting point there. You know, when when you're in that situation, you you just as as you see, you try to not do any mistakes. You obviously communicate a lot with the team about the gaps, and w- when you hear that you're catching, you know, six, sometimes seven, eight tenths per lap in a stint, you know, obviously you get you gain a lot of confidence. You almost find even more speed because you get so pumped up, and it, it is like an extended qualifying session. Uh, you just try to get every tenth of a second because. Because I knew it would sort of come down to the end of the race, and you know every tenth will count when when it's going to be you know two three laps to go. But it's it, it's one of my favorite way to. I think many of my best races have been those kind of races where you just kind of get into a rhythm and just pump out good lap times, and then you know obviously the overtaking maneuver was it was not for sure not the, an ordinary overtake but it was it was fun the way it ended i, I think that definitely uh, yeah made, made a win more special that that it was such a cool showdown to it let's stay with that for just a second as well felix really cool note after the race about what this victory meant to your crew chief 
Ricky Davis, also Barry Wanzer as well. Heck, I think everybody uh, attached with the number 10 NTT Data Honda IndyCar program. But not only was this a huge first win for you, but share with folks how emotional it was for some of the folks on the 10 car team who frankly are accustomed to watching the nine car team over many, many years do most of the winning. I think that was the most special thing with the win. And I, I felt almost, you know, yeah, really emotional with, with uh, you know, seeing the guys celebrating. Because, I, I, you know, I, I definitely let them down a couple of times when we've been close. And I think they've just shown that they are just as good as the nine car and the eight, eight car crew, uh, you know, in the pit stops and just how they prepare and show up hungry for every race. And, you know, many of the guys like, you know, Ricky and Barry and, Many others on the team have been there for so long, and they they haven't got a win since 2014. And they obviously seeing the nine car getting I don't I don't know I even know how many wins since that. But uh, uh, you know it's 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 obviously fun when anyone in your team wins. But they wanna they wanna beat you know the other crews. Obviously, they I mean when you're on track, it, it's a competition between the cars. And uh, yeah, it was it was just really. I really felt that that win was was for the NTT data crew, that they definitely deserve that. And I know Arnie Sreben from IndyCar mentioned afterwards that uh, Ricky, Ricky had told him he's been doing this for a long time, and he wasn't sure if he was actually going to visit Victory Lane again uh, before his career was over. So uh, he was in, in tears, according to Arnie. So you're making people cry there, Felix. I tell you what. <laughs> um, Marcus question here from john says how does it feel to finally be in a superior race car during the race weekends curious if it's changed your tactics at all or your state of mind and it's a great recognition marcus because as i i think wrote after the indy grand prix that might have been your finest indy car race that i had seen to date and then you come out here at road america and say no we're going to go even better and then another step better than that really looks from the outside like you are locked into a great place and frankly having the 29 the 2019 season you wanted to have it sure looks like it's happening in 2020 tell us about this what are you feeling from this with this team and the mindset yeah for sure it, it's been a really good start of the year for me and, and you know uh, coming into to the ship ganassi racing team it's been a huge step for me you know it's such a fantastic team and, and you know I'm, I'm proud to be part of that but it's also helped me a lot to take another step um, I think something that that was you know tough for me last year was just the, the, the learning curve coming into a completely new way of racing uh, compared to everything I'd done before and, and it was a bit tougher uh, than I was expecting I wasn't expecting it to be easy for sure but I think it was even tougher than I expected and and, and for sure, the results last year was not what I hoped for. Uh, but I felt like I learned a lot. And also over the winter, I tried to really analyze and, and understand why and how the year went and how I could improve that. So I felt that, you know, combined with coming to a top team like Shipkinath Racing, it's really helped me to, to take my driving to, to the next level. And uh, it's been really good so far, you know, and then... Like you said, I think every weekend we've been improving. And, you know, apart from that unfortunate uh, issue with 
eight laps to go in Texas, I would have been top 10 in each of the first four races, uh, which I think has only hurt uh, the standard so far. Um, so, so you know, it shows that, uh, yeah, I've taken some big steps there, but uh, got some, some, some great people to, to work with, you know, on the, on the eight car there. And also with, you know, Felix and Scott, I really feel like we are a super strong three-car team there in, in Chip Ganassi Racing that's pushing each other, you know, and, and making uh, each one of us better. So that's been also really, really fun and, and, and good to be part of. Let's stay here just a second, Marcus, for your number eight Husky Chocolates Honda. You have a pretty fun and experienced but just really good character guy in your crew chief and Jamie Coates. Uh, having someone from New Zealand's always a little bit iffy, but that's okay. Uh, but you got a good guy in Jamie looking after the car. You have an old friend of mine, one of the sweetest people, but also the smartest people in Brad Goldberg as your race engineer. Tell me about not just the culture of the overall team, but the cool little unit that you have built already and the bond you've established with the number eight car. Seems like y'all are really uh, hitting your stride early in the year. Yeah, for sure. I think we, we really gelled well together. Uh, all of the guys on the eight car, you know, we, we've been really uh, hitting it off from, from the start. And, and like you say, you know, I have a great group of people there. And, and I think also one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why we've been so competitive from the start, it's been my relationship with, with Brad, my, my race engineer, Brad Goldberg, like you said, you know, he's he's a super intelligent guy and he's really pushing hard uh, and, and you know we've been really clicking from from day one and i think to be honest it's it's, it's funny uh, but i i really believe that this iRacing indycar challenge thing was really helping me and brad as we were new you know getting to know each other getting to start understand each other and 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 to do that iRacing thing together really helped us to to speed up that process of understanding each other and, 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 you know, our community communication. And, and we've just been building on that and I can only see us getting stronger and stronger together and, and, you know, together with the rest of the eight card group. So yeah, uh, it's been, it's been good so far, but the good thing is that we are nowhere near done yet. So we're going to keep pushing until we are in the, in the victory lane as well. I love it. Why don't we follow up here with a quick question? For the two of you from Louise Smith. So Felix, I guess this would be more of a compare and contrast from other teams before getting to Ganassi and Marcus, maybe the difference for you being with the, uh, arrow, uh, Schmidt Peterson motorsports team last year and coming over to Ganassi. She's just curious if you could share the difference in cultures of what you found at chip Ganassi racing compared to the teams that you came from. Uh, to join them yeah interesting question it's uh it's obviously very different wherever you go in the world you know country to country and i think I, i've been both me and marcus have been lucky enough to race you know basically all over the planet and teams all over the planet and uh it's always funny and, and it makes you kind of a what is it chameleon in the way you yeah you, you manage to blend in to different cultures and environments. Um, uh, and I think, I think the American way is, is more welcoming than any other team environment I've been to. Like when I came over here with, you know, my girlfriend, Caroline, you know, the team was 
in a different way that I've seen before that, you know, they, they wanted to look after us and make sure we were happy in our private life. And, you know, they, they helped us looking for apartments and, you know, they helped us with visa stuff and immigration stuff. It, it was just on a different level I've ever, ever seen before. And, you know, girlfriends are kind of, you know, not really even accepted back home in Europe, you know, like they're just in the way basically. And here they really try to, you know, fit us in, in into the everyday life. And I, I think that's probably the big answer to that question. You know, in, in America or in Ganassi, you know, I, I think they, they look after each individual on a family level and make sure they're happy and their family is happy. Uh, and that's what it's all about. You know, that, that in the end of the day, that's going to be important than, than anything else and uh yeah it, it's it's a it's a cool thing to to be part of what about for you marcus what was and again we're not speaking negatively about your former team but as felix mentioned every team has a different culture what was the thing that you noticed that was new or different coming into the ganassi family yeah i think you know one of the biggest things i felt from the start is just that winning culture that a team like Chef Ganassi Racing has. So you're just walking in through the doors in, in, in the shop, you know, everyone in there, all they think of and all they work towards is winning. And, and not saying that that was not the case in, in SPM, you know, but it's just that when you're a team that's been doing it for so long, for many, many years, it's sort of, it's in with, within the walls, you know, and, and, and I think that's something that's just the mindset and mentality in, in, a, in a team with that history uh, of winning is, is definitely different and, and that's something I could feel and then on the other side also between teams you know I think the, the biggest thing with Ganassi is just a bigger team with more resources and more people and uh, you know the damper program has been a very impressive part in Ganassi where I think it's been a bit different um, compared to SPM but I think SPM you know it's, it's definitely a team going in the right direction as well and you know they have a lot of really clever people over there as well so i think they are some a team to be reckoned with you know as they showed this weekend as well with pasta you know on pole and, and fighting there for the win so it's, it's a bit different but i think it's just uh, the history and and you know it's, it's it's no coincidence that some teams are winning and, and are doing it for 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 a long time you know and i think it's a, it's a way of mentality and 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 a winning culture that you build up over a long time that takes a lot of time to build up in a team. Felix, you covered off a question from Frederick Wakeman as well about the difference in cultures racing in the U.S. and abroad. So, man, you are fast and efficient. That's why we love you. Uh, let's see, where should we go next? Why don't we go to our pal, Jerry Robert Suddeth. says, guys, curious if you could tell me how a driver prepares for a race like the upcoming Iowa doubleheader in terms of hydration also curious, how long does it take you to recover fluids and salts after a race in intense heat, as we expect this weekend? So, Marcus, since you've become a new uh, fitness hero, especially with all your Instagram posts, uh, maybe you should be the guy to help us here. <laughs> I've actually got Felix there on, on the on the train with me. We, we're out on the bike every other day, so yeah, yeah, we, we, we're strong. A bit more sneaky with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm uh, I'm showing it off more, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, for sure. I mean, you, you need to prepare for a double header, and especially Iowa is going to be quite physical. I think with the uh, with the way that short oval is, you know, you're basically turning constantly for like two hours, and it's quite bumpy as well. And it's going to be like side by side action, 
two hours basically. So it's um, it's definitely a tough one, and to have a double header there is gonna be it's gonna be tough for all of us drivers. So you need to prepare beforehand. I think this week I'm planning to take quite easy, just be recovering from the past weekend and not doing any hard training sessions beforehand to make sure I have all the energy available when going into the weekend and and then yeah again there like um, like you said with with fluids and making sure you uh, even a couple of days before the weekend you need to start drinking more and more and and, and sort of get more uh, water and and salt and minerals in your system to prepare your body for 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 dehydration basically uh, which is what happens in the races races. Um, and then yeah uh, that's all you can do but obviously your your Sort of base uh, training, your base cardio, your base strength that you build up over the winter, per se, is, is stuff that's going to make a difference. It's, it's not something you can build up now the week before the race. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's something you have to build up over a long time. And that's why I feel really comfortable going into the weekend, knowing it will be tough, but I'm going to be one of the strongest ones out there. Let's go to our pal Joey of the Priuses. says, IndyCar seems to be undergoing a Swedish invasion says we've got you two half Swedish kid and Oliver Askew then on the road to Indy Rasmus Lind Linus Lundqvist Lucas Pedersen he said have you noticed any real interest at home in trying to get IndyCar race somewhere in Sweden or just general rise in interest at home in folks following IndyCar yeah I think mainly the interest you know it's been pretty huge uh, both on you know, uh, audience level and also in the way that, you know, the career paths that people are taking, as you, as you said, you know, Rasmus also working with Stefan and uh, Alinus Lundqvist, um, you know, he, he won two races at Mid-Ohio that weekend, uh, which was really cool to see, you know, and I, yeah, I think people, you know, obviously it, it feels pretty cool because they, they probably want to do the same path as me and Marcus and I think that's what makes a country strong in in racing when you when you have someone leading the way, and then you you can sort of rely on the on the knowledge and and wisdom that that you build up in that specific place during the years. And and for me, that's been Stefan. You know, uh, you know he's he's had had his base here for many many years, and that helped me integrate here straight away. And and, and yeah, it's cool when you, if you can carry that over to the next generation. I think that's what's happening here a little bit for sure. What do you see here, Marcus, knowing that you spent uh, so much of your career in Europe racing open wheel ladder, moving up to Formula One and such? I mean, frankly, it was you and Felix for the most part in terms of next, genera- next generation Swedish talent. What's it like seeing here that not only do we have a couple of talented kids coming up, but they also happen to be in this crazy American country where you are now racing as well. Does that give you a chance to walk over to the road to Indy paddock or, you know, FaceTime or whatever with some of these kids just to be that big brother to them if they need any help as well? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think both me and Felix, we are trying to, to help as much as possible. We, we both know Rasmus and, and Linus here and, you know, speak to them and, and send them our support. Um, obviously, it's been a bit difficult this year with the, because of the corona. Sure. It's not, you know, so easy to, to sort of hang out as much as you would like. But, but definitely, you know, you try and help with anything you can help with because we're still from a small country and then 
would all want to to see fellow Swedes uh, succeed. And I think coming back a bit to the question, I think something that's been a reason why a lot of drivers have been looking uh, over here to American racing is just that I think the way the ladder system is built here in America is really good because you can see a clear path that if you really succeed, you can go all the way to the top. Whereas in European racing at the moment, it's very tough because there's a lot more things than just succeeding that means you will get to the top. So it's, it's you know, a lot more tricky path to get all the way to, say, F1 or, or something like that in, in Europe at the moment. Whereas here in America, it's clear if you, if you are winning and, and, you know, step by step you will get to IndyCar eventually. So I think that's what people have been realizing as well and, and, and why a lot of people have been looking at the American racing. Get to our last couple of questions here. This one is from MF1 News. I don't know if that's Marcus Felix one news or not or m formula one news but hey we'll go with that uh says from a viewer perspective the arrow screen hasn't affected the way the racing looks on the on the track apart from the effects on the driver with the heat behind it has the arrow screen caused any noticeable difference in chassis balance tire wear or anything else along those lines in terms of how you set up and drive the car Felix, do you want to start with that one and then Marcus uh, take that as well? Yes, uh, I'd say it's been pretty huge behind the scenes. You know, the work that has gone into to make the car basically as good as last year, I'd say, uh, with the aerospace because it's heavier, it's it's more draggy, it's hotter, it's you know, it, it brings a lot of things. You know, obviously the safety improvement is just huge, especially on the ovals. You know, it's such a such an improvement but it, it gives the engineers uh, a lot of work for sure and and i think that's where ganassi has been strong especially in the races here this year how to use this to, to our advantage because it, it is basically like a new car you know with, with adding you know 60 pounds of weight uh, and, and different aerodynamics you know you have to rethink everything um and if you, you feel it when you drive as well it, it kind of pushes the front of the car a bit more with all that all that weight um it uh, kind of makes the traction a bit worse it's uh, obviously very hot in the car uh, a lot a lot of things so uh yeah it, I'm, I'm happy it it looks like people are saying that because uh, that that's a good thing you know that it, you, you can't see that it's different on tv but yeah there's a lot of work going on every day behind the scenes for sure what about you marcus what are you feeling from behind the steering wheel that's different year to year. Uh, is it something where the engineers have been able to remove most of the effects of that 60 pound weight placed on the front axle and high up on the car? Or does it affect things enough to where you probably are never going to be able to forget it's there from a, a handling standpoint? I, I think it's, it's very difficult to sort of, you know, repair the whole, uh, damage is the wrong word but like uh, it definitely makes the car slower because it's like you say a lot of weight high up at the front of the car so it's it, it does make the car a bit more lazy in react you know direction changes and like Felix says it's put a lot of weight um when you load up the the car through the corners uh so it's, it does change the char- characteristics of the car um so you have to change the setup accordingly uh, because of it, but I think overall, you know, I think it's you know it's the same for everyone, and, and you have to sort of 
work around it. I still think that she hasn't done anything uh, to the racing and, and also to like the bigger picture, how you drive the cars are very similar, I would say, compared to last year. So it hasn't like changed a lot there. Um, so I think, you know, overall, I've been super impressed with IndyCar, the way they have sort of implemented this. It was a lot of unknowns, but they went all in for this solution and it's been a huge success. Obviously, the safety side being the biggest biggest thing of it, but I think also, you know, I, I think it looks cool. I, I'm starting to get used to it now, and I I have to say, you know, I look back at the races from this weekend uh, yesterday, and you know, I don't even think about it being there anymore. You know, uh, it's, it's so you know you, you quickly get used to it, and now I think the car is pretty badass with with these aero screens on, and you know, it's just such a huge improvement. So yeah, I think it's been it's been really good. righty. Why don't we go to Ryan Terpstra says, Marcus, what was more satisfying that podium last year at the second Detroit race that was mixed up by a caution or your hard charging run to fourth on Sunday? Uh, it's, it's difficult. I think always, you know, a podium is, it's, it's a podium and that was my first podium for a long time and, and my first podium in the car. So I think, you know, that still stands out for sure. Um, with that said, though, you know I, I was really proud of my performance on um, uh, on Sunday. You know, in that in that race, I think uh, I drove a superb race uh, with a lot of pace and good overtakes and good strategy. And, and you know, to come out home fourth from from 16th uh, was uh, super strong. So it's, it's always difficult to compare, you know, races to races and performances to performances. But, uh, but yeah, that feeling to be on a podium is something that, uh, as a racing driver, you, you always want that, uh, preferably be on, on, on the top step, of course. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're working towards. <laughs> Two questions to go. This one's for you, Felix. Second one is for you as well, but we're going to roll Marcus into it as well. First one here comes from Paul Trahan. says, Felix, did you buy Connor Daly a beer after Sunday's race? And... <laughs> While it's a bit of a, a joke of a question, yeah, there, there were some questions here as to whether Connor was paying Pato back for the Saturday crash and yada, yada, yada. I don't really buy into any of that nonsense, but did you have any feel at least in those final eight laps or so when Connor came out on, on new tires as to whether his role played anything? in your ability to get by Pato or did you feel like you could have gotten him with whether Connor was there or not? Uh, it's interesting because I've always been, you know, in, in these situations, I've always lost out a lot due to lap traffic. I mean, not only Texas a few weeks ago where kind of you know, ended my race slightly because of lap traffic. And then last year I had the mid Ohio where caught lap traffic when I was fighting for the lead in Portland as well. So, I, I was actually smiling when I saw that lap traffic coming ahead of Pato, and I, I felt that was a bit of a revenge uh, from my side. You know, sometimes it works for you, and sometimes it, it bites you. Uh, I, I don't really want to involve, you know, anything with, you know, Connor, you know, whether he did the right thing or wrong thing. I, I think, honestly, you know, we, we left Pato a three-second gap almost after we got inside. You know, he seemed to drop off a lot in the end there um, on the red so probably there would have been a chance anyways in, in the last lap but they definitely didn't make it harder that that connor came there so maybe maybe i'll, I'll have to buy him a beer 
<laughs> well, speaking of beers, obviously we've got a short turnaround this week between races, but Ben Cohen closes the show for us here saying congratulations to Felix on his first win and Marcus on such a strong weekend. How many bratwursts and spotted cow beers did the Ganassi team go through on Sunday? late afternoon and evening also says best of luck for the rest of the season did you guys get a chance to wind down and celebrate it all after the race or is that something you've had to put on the calendar for a future date when you're not going racing again in five days time uh i I think we kind of pick our moments as a team where we can get together and we, we try to you know celebrate some of the good races we've had during that season you know maybe two three times a year because everything is just so busy you know everyone's packing up everyone is going home we have the covid thing going on uh, you know we're focusing on iowa you know dixon was in the simulator in the next morning so it's it's not really any time to to stop and celebrate i, I think that's what you do when you come home you kind of you know you can have a beer you go in the sofa watch a movie and go to bed because you're definitely knackered after the weekend and uh, yeah that's just the way that's just the way it is in, in, in this sport. You know, you're always looking forward. You know, you, you never really stop. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just wake up in the morning and you feel like, okay, I'm just going to lay here for two hours and enjoy this win, and then, then I get back to work. What did you do, by the way? Did you get a chance to do anything? What You know, uh, I'm hoping it wasn't really boring. I'm hoping you didn't no, order room I, service or something. I actually had the best possible way of celebrating the win because uh, my girlfriend Caroline, she came back to to the states after three months being apart because she was stuck in Sweden with. Uh, she had she had to renew her visa, so she had to go back, and then she couldn't travel back. So that was uh, that was a fantastic feeling to get my first win and then see my girlfriend after three months. I, I almost thought she wasn't for real when I saw her. That's <laughs> how she looked. So, so that, was, that was a re- really, really cool day for, for both of us. And Marcus, what about you? I mean, I know Dario mentioned he felt bad that he was at home in London and wanted to take uh, everyone down to Siebkins as his great friend uh, Greg Moore did when he won his first race in IndyCar, which also happened to be at Road America. He wanted to bring you guys down and make sure that uh, you didn't remember anything after the race. Uh, <laughs> due to all the alcohol consumption, you're going to be part of planning some sort of uh, lose-your-mind mental craziness here at some point in time to celebrate? I think I think like Felix says, you know, that's, that's the thing with us. You know, we, 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 we are pushing for the next race all the time, and for sure after the year we're going to, get together on shore but at the moment you know we're all focused for for the next one especially for me you know now god has won three felix has won one so yeah i'm not gonna start celebrating until i'm in that victory lane <laughs> as well so, so yeah that's that's where my mind is you know it just gets me more hungry to to, to get up there you know and uh you know i was super happy for felix he, he really deserved that that win uh, on sunday but yeah i'm i'm hungry to get there myself as well no pressure marcus you know your your teammates have won all the races this year. No pressure. You're slacking. You got to try exactly. a little harder. No, that's what I told Chip <laughs> as well. I was like, no, I bet I better get my my stuff together now and then pull out a win in Iowa because otherwise I'm lacking behind here. <laughs> yeah, guys, thanks so much for taking some time in a busy week. Felix, obviously, so happy for you. This is the thing that looked like it was going to happen for you from the minute you turned up in Indy Lights and uh, made a really bold statement. 
This is everything the Ganassi team was hoping for when they brought you on. And Marcus, now, good Lord, the uh, Ganassi team is going everywhere knowing that it has three cars that can be on the podium, if not vying for a win. So pretty, pretty good times for you all. So thanks again for visiting here. Thanks for everyone who sent in their questions. And thanks to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets, USA.